0: Yo, this is the Ancient Texan On a Thursday evening I'm going to try something here A friend of mine uh, My conservative friend Sent me a A right Wing Conspiracy theory Um, The guy that does this Conspiracy theory Is fluent He puts together arguments quickly um, And the the original to be fair to the guy was about 5 minutes long but in my opinion we can look at the first 2 minutes of it and i think that's his best 2 minutes of it um i think in the last 3 minutes he just threw a lot of stuff out that wasn't factually correct in the first 2 minutes he throws out he takes some pieces of things i think the majority of it has some truth in it which know gives it some appeal and he wraps a story around it that explains these facts um, or what he considers to be facts and I'm going to try to look at the story that he's telling and say here's another story um, and, and try to you know get a balanced view but at the same time I want to be fair to him because a lot of what he's saying um, has some truth in it. I mean, you can't have a good conspiracy theory unless you know there's a certain uh, part of it that kind of catches the edge of truth. Um, and I'll probably give him as much credit as I can, and I'll probably be in the middle, and I expect most of you will be far over there on the left. But that's okay, because this is a mental exercise. It helps us learn about conspiracy theories. It helps us learn about right and left and stories. So let's give it a go. So what's going to follow next is a two-minute conspiracy theory. I'm going to listen to that. Then we're going to stop. um, Say a few words, and then... then break it down in little pieces and go from there. Let's see how this works out.
1: What we're actually seeing is the systematic implementation of the fall of the republic and the rise of the corporation of the United States. Every major event is is a step in the ladder to achieve that end. COVID is just another rung in the ladder, which is why there's a deliberate mixing of all the wordplay, right? I mean, we should stop calling it, you know, quarantine. That's a term designated for people that are verified sick. This is a house arrest mandated by the state. You should stop calling it, you know, social distancing. There's nothing social about forced isolation. Uh, We should stop saying safer at home when millions of Americans don't have basic necessities adequate to fit their needs. It assumes that everybody's home is equally as safe as the people that are making the statements. We should stop saying, you know, uh, this is for the greater good. Right. When you close the economy, killing millions of businesses that families have worked generations to establish, that's anything but good. We should stop saying this is the new normal. That's just blake mind control drivel. There's nothing normal about forced isolation, you know, treating your neighbor like they have the plague, breathing your own bodily waste, wearing masks, living in constant fear of contamination. That's normal. I mean, after all, if the virus is so deadly, why hasn't it wiped out the homeless who don't social distance, wash themselves regularly, let alone, you know, live in or have access to a sterile environment? Last year, 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis. Why were you not wearing a mask during the tuberculosis pandemic? You were endangering, you know, public health and safety, along with billions of other uh, people around the globe. So why did not you wear a mask? I'll tell you why. Because the mainstream media didn't tell you to wear a mask. <laughs> right? And so because because though 1.5 million people died from tuberculosis. There was no tuberculosis pandemic any more than there's a Coronavirus pandemic.
0: Okay, you just listened to two minutes of conspiracy theory. Um, I don't know what your reaction is, but you're probably having an an emotional reaction and you're arguing and you're presenting your story in your head when um, you're probably not looking for any truth in his story but that's okay that's kind of what us humans do so now we're gonna listen to just 12 seconds of his um, first 12 seconds of what he has to say
1: Actually, seeing is the systematic implementation of the fall of the Republic and the rise of the corporation of the United States.
0: Okay, we just listened to him say we're listening to the fall fall of the Republic and the rise of the corporation of the United States. Well, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, Here's some truth I hear in that. We judge almost everything in America by GDP. Will this policy increase or decrease our GDP, our gross national product? Will this policy be profitable? Um, Will this... How much will this cost us? Um, Does it take more tax? And uh, are we going to be better off with it? Which is, that's a fair question. But we are pretty much oriented toward being a big corporation. And during this pandemic, as I understand it, the feds have floated $23 trillion to prop up bond market and to loan money even to people like Apple and they've sent three million to us uh, peons to keep us alive um, and I'm in pretty good shape so I'm not complaining but a lot of people are not in very good shape so there is a lot of uh, profit orientation in the US what exactly corporate USA looks like I don't know but it's you know it's a little play with words there but it's not such a crazy concept I it does imply a deliberate action that's coordinated systematically that's already creeping in but we will let that go for a second
1: Major event is is a step in the ladder to achieve that end. COVID is just another rung in the ladder, which is why there's a deliberate mixing of all the wordplay, right? I mean, we should stop calling it, you know, quarantine. That's a term designated for people that are verified sick. This is a house arrest mandated by the state. You should stop calling it, you know, social distancing. There's nothing social about forced isolation. Uh, we should stop saying safer at home when millions of Americans don't have basic necessities adequate to fit their needs. It assumes that everybody's home is equally as safe as the people that are making the statements.
0: Okay, in this section, he starts saying that COVID is just part of a bigger master plan, a rung in the ladder. Um, So here's a implication, a story without any evidence, that there's a master plan and that everybody, the government is feeding into that master plan and the news um, people are tied into that master plan and they're all working together um, to make this corporation of America a real thing. Well, I, that's a big... I don't believe uh, people are smart enough to have that kind of master plan and coordinate it together and keep it a big secret all at the same time. I just don't have that much faith in humans. In some way, this conspiracy theory um, implies people are a whole hell of a lot smarter coordinated, uh, genius level that they can make such a plan and carry it out, and we're all just victims of it, and it's a big secret. Of course, he knows about the secret. So I, I just don't give governments or anybody that much credit. Now, do I think there's people, very rich, powerful people that put their hands on the scale and try to move... Laws and stuff, so that Amazon makes more money and stuff. Yeah, sure. Do I think there's a master plan that everybody's behind? I think there's too many people each want to be top dog for that to happen, and there's too many powerful people uh, for that to be realized. Now, we've obviously passed a lot of laws that give advantage to rich people. I mean, we've made we've created a capitalism that's very biased toward the rich. Um, does that mean they're smart enough to have a master plan? Well, I, I just don't, I just think the power's too distributed. I think that's just a story he's making up. But right on the end of this, he makes a, a point that I think is a very valid point. He says, you know, people should stay at home where they're safe. And he makes the point that, uh, this assumes that staying home is safe for the person that's being told as the person that's saying to do that. Um, and it's not safe if you don't have a way to make a living and a way to put food on your table. Um, it's like once when I, my dad was uh, on his deathbed and um, I went to look for a job at the smelter and crossed the picket line. And they offered me the job, and then they called me back up because the car behind me got a brick through the window. Um, and they said, well, it's not safe. And I told the guy, well, it's not safe for me here because we need to eat. Um, safe's kind of a, you know, relative to... You know, if the bear's chasing you, running over the snake may look good. I mean, it's a judgment that other people are making. And for poor people, having them quarantined to their house, um, I'm not sure that I don't have some sympathy there. I, you know, I can see putting a mask on. I don't have a problem with that and kind of keeping your distance and washing my hands. That's no big deal. But if you need to go out and work to put food on your table, um, unless they're willing to give you something for staying home and say, well, we're gonna bring food to your door, or we're gonna send you a paycheck so you can keep paying your rent and buying your food, then I'm not sure anybody has a right to tell someone to sit in the house and starve. And I think that's kind of a, uh, I kind of agree with them, they went too far with that
1: we should stop saying you know uh, this is for the greater good right when you close the economy killing millions of businesses that families have worked generations to establish that's anything but good we should stop saying this is the new normal that's just blake mind control drivel
0: This section he again talks about people losing their business and saying that's for the greater good is not so easy to understand if you're one of the people losing their business um, he calls this stuff you know just dribbling um, I I think again it's the people that respond to the pandemic are doing the best they can and it's hard to balance everybody's needs and to know what's the right thing to do. Um, perhaps there's some thought needs to go into the people that uh, need their business to survive. Calling it dribble, I think, is kind of making the people that are fighting a pandemic, leaving the, leading the government is um, you're judging their intentions. And I'm willing to give most people the benefit of the doubt and say they're doing the best they can to fight uh, a pandemic. Uh, and most of them, it was above them. I don't think as a country we're doing very good. we're we're still going strong 150,000 dead so far but I don't think I'd call it dribble I just think it's something difficult may sound like dribble but it's the best they can do at the moment which maybe not good enough
1: There's nothing normal about forced isolation. You know, treating your neighbor like they have the plague, breathing your own bodily waste, wearing masks, living in constant fear of contamination. That's.
0: Yo, in this section, he's uh, he's getting on people and saying the new normal makes no sense. Nothing is normal about this. And I think uh, he's squabbling with words and I think if he wants to change the words and do the verbal description differently, that's okay. I think there has been some poor word choice, but I don't think there's any real argument being made here that has any substance People use crappy words all the time. That doesn't change what's going on. Um, Precision and the use of words and conciseness and careful about the connotation of word is above most people. And it's hard for people to do. It's hard for all of us to do. So all I get from this is he's squabbling with the words. Of course, it's not normal. To wear a mask and social distance and all that but so what somebody used a phrase you know the new normal is not a good phrase okay I don't care I mean that doesn't have any weight with me he can rewrite it in whatever words he wants to do it in
1: After all, if the virus is so deadly, why hasn't it wiped out the homeless who don't social distance, wash themselves regularly, let alone, you know, live in or have access to a sterile environment?
0: Yo, okay, in this section, he says the pandemic is not real, because if it was real, then the homeless would be wiped out. Well, first place, I don't know how many homeless people are dying of the pandemic. Um, I also know that you have to be exposed to it and somebody with a pandemic has to come to you. Um... And mostly the pandemics carried around by business people flying all over the world from one densely populated city flying to another i mean that kind of looks to me like the model i don't think many people go out and hang out with homeless people i think we ignore them we keep them isolated so i would make an argument that um We've isolated the homeless people. Yeah, they live in crappy conditions, but they live in crappy conditions by themselves. Now, the truth of the matter is neither one of us know the data on homeless people and how many homeless people are dying of the pandemic because we don't pay much attention to the homeless people. We don't keep good records on the homeless people. We don't count them. We don't don't keep... Death rates, we don't, they're just kind of like, somebody dies, somebody calls the police, somebody comes, picks them up, puts them in a box, takes them to the morgue, and they get buried or incinerated. There's not like some big system in place to take care of homeless people to know how they're doing. So taking this and building a case that it proves there's no pandemic, First, we don't know if his facts are correct. And second, even if it it is correct, we don't understand that people are not dying of the pandemic that are homeless. Even if it is correct, uh, we don't know why. I postulated the story that they're not in contact. He postulated the story because the conditions are so filthy that, you know, one person coming in would wipe out, you know, not only one pocket of homeless people, but Every pocket of homeless people in the city, or something. Um, I don't know. That that's just a story. We neither one of us have the facts. Um, and until you get those facts sorted out, um, don't think you can use that in your in your argument. <laughs>
1: Last year, 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis. Why were you not wearing a mask during the tuberculosis pandemic? You were endangering, you know, public health and safety, along with billions of other uh, people around the globe. So why didn't you wear a mask? I'll tell you why. Because the mainstream media didn't tell you to wear a mask. <laughs> right. It's because because no 1.5 million people died from tuberculosis. There was no tuberculosis pandemic, any more than there's a coronavirus pandemic.
0: Okay, in this section he makes the argument that uh, a lot more people die of tuberculosis Uh, he says 1.5 million people die of tuberculosis which is more than it's so far died in the pandemic Um, I checked that out and that number seems to be um, about the right order of magnitude 1.5 million Um, in the United States 500 people or so die each year of tuberculosis and I think we have 150,000 people that, that die of of the, of coronavirus so far, and who knows, we may reach 300, 400,000 before it's over. So, in the United States, if you're looking at tuberculosis versus pandemic, uh, pandemic's winning. It's killing a lot more people. Now, if you want to know where poor people you know who's dying of tuberculosis uh, 1.7 million cases in India China has 800,000 Pakistan 331 Indonesia three hundred and thirty, three hundred thousand, South Africa 300,000 so Philippines 300,000 Bangladesh Ma- Ma- Myanmar Myanmar I don't know if I'm saying the right Ethiopia Russia North Korea. What's common about these, they all have large populations of very poor people, and they don't have the health uh, facilities to take care of tuberculosis. So I understand tuberculosis is not nearly as... Contagious. You can live for a very long time with tuberculosis. Remember Doc Holliday, Gunsmoke, Wyatt Earp. Doc Holliday in the story had it for years, and I've I've also uh, personally known of people that have had it for years uh, and spent years moving to a sunny climate trying to get rid of it. So it's a very much Different disease, it's less contagious, um, and there's a lot of it now that is uh, bacteria, uh, caused by bacteria that there's no longer any antibiotics that work on it, but we do a pretty good job isolating people with tuberculosis and keeping them away from the general population. And if we only had 500 cases of pandemic, um, then we could, and we had our shit together, we could isolate those 500 people. But when you get that you've had a million cases, it gets pretty hard to isolate. He doesn't like the word quarantine, but uh, to put those people under house arrest, you can call it whatever you want to but you could keep those people away from the rest of us. Um, When you don't know who has it, in tuberculosis you generally know who has it. We do enough testing and it spreads slow enough that we can identify the people and we don't let them, um, we put them in a place, you know, hospital, home, uh, where they're taken care of and isolated. And people take precautions when they're around them. So, you know, they're both a contagious disease. Um, One is not much of a problem in the U.S. One is. Now, to conclude from that that there is no pandemic, um, I think that's a big jump. We've got 150,000 new cases of people dying. And here from now, maybe 300,000, half million. And he'll also argue later in this thing that the cases aren't reported properly and they, you know, pad that they kind of... This is a whole act that they bring the bodies in and fake, fake body counts and all that. Um... My friends at work in nursing aren't saying that. So. But anyways, his case to prove that, we're not going to go into the... Because the last half of his, he starts just throwing out a lot of stuff that he doesn't have um, facts for. He makes one last point in this uh, last segment. He says, we didn't have pandemic for tuberculosis because the media didn't tell us to I think there's an edge of truth to this Um, I do think that we've got more paranoia and fear um, and we've overreacted to the pandemic Um, obviously we didn't do a very good job of whatever we did um, and we don't like to be, you know, using a phone app to trace, gets our, you know, rights violated. And some people think wearing a mask violates their their rights. So, you know, we can't do the basic health stuff because people are too stubborn. Um, but there is some truth to the fact that the news media really... Pounds in the fear factor and has made America, I think, more afraid than is, you know, justified. Um, half the people that die are in their 70s and living in a nursing home. I'm in my 70s. I'm not living in a nursing home and I'm pretty good health. And I realize I could still die. But I think the odds are actually. Pretty good for me. I think there's 7% of people that are above 70 die. Say 10% of the people die. Uh, We're in a nursing home, the numbers are much higher than that because those people are in much poor health. Um, in a way, it's kind of like being in um, Chicago where they have a lot of gun murders and violence. But when you're just walking down the street, You could be in constant fear reading about all the gun violence in Chicago and they could be pounded that into your head every day so when you walked out of the door uh, you'd be afraid of getting shot and they could bring every story to you where someone was walking down the street minding their own business and got killed and I think the media could um, put the fear in you. And I think there's a lot of that going on. And does it mean that I don't think there's a pandemic? No, I do. And do I think you should be taking precautions? Yes. Do I think it's healthy to, to fan the fear to the level that we've done? No, I don't. Um, I don't think it does. Maybe that's the only way to get people to do stuff, but... It doesn't actually work because um, I think you lose a little bit of credibility when you, you know, scream wolf and scream out fear every day. And I think you kind of lose your credibility and then I think it's easier for conspiracy theories and, you know, bad reporting or something to be taken as evidence that the whole story is not true. And it's, it's kind of interesting that we all live on stories and we grab a few facts here and there and we put the facts together in a way that support our story. We modify our story a little bit if one fact doesn't quite fit or we kind of modify, modify the fact a little bit. and use our word choice to emphasize or de-emphasize a fact as required for our story. So, this guy's probably not hard to find on the internet. Um, He's actually a pretty good speaker, and he strings a lot of ideas together really fast, and they sound really good. Uh, But like the tuberculosis thing, if you look into the details... You know, with a little nuance and five minutes of research on Google, you'll find that it's a pretty shaky argument. Anyway, this is just my shot at looking at a conspiracy theory and trying to give kind of an example of how you've got to go through these, if you care to. I guess you can just blow them off um, and take them apart one little bit at a time and see, you know, what's the true parts of what they're they're saying and what's not true. And then make up your own story. Most of the time my story ends up somewhere between... In the middle of the two sides. Um, I'm socially very liberal. Um, when it comes to money and stuff, I'm pretty conservative. I have a lot of beliefs... that are kind of in the middle of the road, um, which isn't allowed this day. We're pretty much, you got to be all in. It's like a religion. You're all left or you're all right. um, And you're married to one side or the other. And you can say... uh, not have any doubt about the creeds or what your side believes or you become an outcast so I'm probably if everybody knew all the thoughts and stuff I have I definitely wouldn't pass mustard for either side Uh, that's another day another discussion I hope this is worth you know the time or at least part of the time I spent in, in working on it but I um Wish each of you to stay healthy, stay strong, think for yourself, Um, be good to each other. This is the Ancient Texan. Namaste.